I don't know about you, but I feel good. I couldn't be me. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Just horrible. Sick for like the third straight week. Devastated by our country. Just not like overall. I think I'm mad at Dave Chappelle, probably. We're all mad at Dave Chappelle. Just I'm l- not going to say I'm mad bad. at Dave Chappelle until I, I know what he said. I, do you know what he said? No. I know what he said. What did he say? So. Oh, boy. Do we have. Uh, is, has it come out like what his set was and some of the jokes that he made? At least in my research, because, you know, little old me, want to make sure that we know what's going on as we lose our minds because i'm also i'm like correct I, i'm sick of the dave Chappelle thing but i'm also like kind of fascinated by like this is the hill that he's dying on like clearly even if you don't think that you're saying transphobic things or even if you think that like your fight is with white people like everybody's mad at you for this just stop doing just st- stay away from it so i guess i mean i i understand it from like the the um the comic mentality, the comedian mentality Don't of tell like, me what to say, right? Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. but like the thing is, like Dave Chappelle's so funny about like everything. It's just like just move on to something else. Okay, so I've actually thought about this a lot, and I actually said this on TV, and it was like a real like, is this where it ends for old Deej? But I was like, all right, because uh, they were like, what did you, th- what do you think of the Dave? Everyone mad at Dave Chappelle? What happened? And I was like, all right. I looked up, I did my best to look up what happened, and here are my findings. And also just like my general thoughts. First of all, for me, and I hope for everybody, I don't find trans humor funny at all. I think that it's it's always one of two things. It's always the same it's joke. Pronoun jokes, which I don't think are funny. I think they're tired and lazy. Or like or guys geni- playing women's sports. Right. Or like genitalia jokes, which True are never funny to me no matter what they're talking about so like yeah that is a very uh it is a very narrow it's uh, not funny yeah it's not funny and i think that the trans community has enough on their plate right now that they probably even if like you I think say, we all like, have i'm an equal opportunity offender blah blah it's like yeah okay but like trans people and especially trans people of color like are having a pretty rough time right now so maybe they're not the people that need to be uh made fun of right now so that's my general thought like i i groan and am upset for multiple reasons when trans jokes enter the equation now dave Chappelle apparently said that he, he was referencing the person that attacked him remember the guy that uh, yeah, yeah, attacked yeah, yeah. him, yeah, yeah. and he had a toy gun with a knife attached to it, and they didn't know they were like, uh, does this yes. person have a gun or a knife or whatever? And he said, "I got attacked by." He said, I, "He said, I'll, let, let's call it like, uh, let's call it a gun that identifies as a knife." That was the joke, mm-hmm. which to me is a reference to gender fluidity. Yes, which is something that Dave Chappelle. I'm not like defending Dave Chappelle here. I'm just kind of defending fact versus fiction. Dave Chappelle has like, I believe always said that he like believes in gender fluidity and like, he doesn't think that he's not a comedian that thinks that like, unless I'm wrong here, but I'm just going by his recent specials. Like he, he doesn't get out there and say like, ah, this is a crock. Why are people doing this? He's saying he just, he says like, he'll say either it's like a funny predicament or whatever, but he said multiple times in his specials, like, 
this is a real thing, and I feel horrible for anybody who is like has that facing confusion. any uh, facing any like negative consequences mm-hmm. for it. And then he goes on to like make jokes about it and shit. But uh, it's just the whole like maybe it's a lack of people checking what he did before saying like that's horrible that he did that. But more of it is like everyone's mad at John Mulaney and then don't get me started. I, I don't want to just be venting this whole episode, but like I think that the whole like treatment of John Mulaney is so fucking weird and creepy. And like the fact that he's like a backstreet boy when he's just like a comedian who does drugs, like a comedian with a, with like a, he a lot a, of issues has, in his life. He just has like a curated image essentially. He, yeah, but I, I I just think it's so weird that everyone's like obsessed with every detail of his life, and he's like, I think he probably wanted to be famous. I don't think that he wanted to be like Nick Carter. And I didn't get realize this, that like, people were like that in on John Mulaney, and like, well, I, oh, I, yeah. I think I mean like things have gotten very messy in his personal life over the past year or two, and like everybody's always attracted to the messiness of anybody's famous in their personal life, but like. I didn't think that people were like really in on like oh yeah like really like he was yeah he was like a heartthrob like everybody's really? like yeah I did I, I missed the boat on this so weird it happened so he has like a little Pete Davidson going to him yes it happened uh, man I missed this maybe like three or four years ago something happened where people were like hey I just found out who John Mulaney is or like John Mulaney is like the it boy now and. At that point, like he'd had a couple, he'd had like one really good special out, and then an okay special. No, I knew, I knew that like, like, he, he, like he had kind of like reached an, an apex of his career and his comedy, and like people really liked him. But I didn't know that people were like fanboying or like obsessing over him. Oh yeah, he probably there is probably a lot of fan cam. Really, about him. really, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you, man. Ask. Um, I don't know. Just ask anybody you know, like maybe your age or a little younger. You guys are obsessed with John Mulaney. It's crazy. <laughs> you hang around with me, so you got some old guy to you. But yeah, I mean, I just had yeah. I've 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 just become an old man in a child's body. Good, good. Uh, you are listening to the brunch intermission report. It's correct. Uh, Edmonton Oilers up three zero on the Calgary Flames, looking to take a commanding three to one lead. And if you're confused right now, it's because you're not a Patreon subscriber. We had an intermission report earlier this week, and uh, it was a raging success. That thing was sexually active. That <laughs> thing humped. That was a really, really good one. People uh, loved it. They said more. They said, wow. People signed up for for burner accounts, extra Patreon accounts. <laughs> That's right. We got people double dipping on the Patreon now. It's yeah. crazy. Really, uh, really flying. But basically, yeah, we just hang out, watch hockey. Then we record episodes at the uh at the intermission now i personally am an oil man mm-hmm. i'm i'm flame guy is a, a flame guy which uh we've made like a lot of uh a lot of there will be blood references in yeah. relation to the battle of alberta specific specifically to the oilers yeah because you know oil and there will be blood daniel plainview is an oil man but famously in there will be blood there's a lot of flames too that's right so there's this one scene i can also get in on the there will be blood jokes i was doing a there will be blood photoshop and it's like daniel like doing his bullshit thing he's got hw behind him and i put them both in oil boys jerseys but i did consider i was like if i wanted to i could make p i could put a a flames jersey on hw and be like us watching the game but you're not hw no 
HW, I think, ends up turning out to be a pretty good guy, though, right? Uh, he he's like a go getter. He turns out to be a go getter, right? Yeah, like he, gets, he, like, he wants has, like, to start his that, own business. Some and, of that Daniel hustle. I think yeah. he he finds a wife, doesn't he? Well, he's like I'm starting. Then I definitely can't be HW. <laughs> yeah, no, none of us are uh... <laughs> zero wives. And honestly, I uh, we should just rebrand ourselves. We we've gone from the bad boys of podcasting yeah. to the, the no wives of podcasting. Yeah, so just I a actually, famous no wife podcast. I have some of that Daniel Plainview to me too, where uh, somebody would be like, "Are you married?" I'll be like, "That's not part of my whole thing." Uh, let's talk about oil. I'm a family man, though. They're like, how? It doesn't seem you have a family. And I'm like, I'm a good man. <laughs> Give me your land. That movie rocks. What a good movie. Oh, yeah. And people do say, they're like, yo, where's your wife? And he's like, uh, dead? Dead. <laughs> I had one. <laughs> have she you seen my a, boy? She went to a different school. You yeah. don't know her. Have you seen my boy? <laughs> Look at this boy. Came right from my wife. I'm an oil man myself. HW is uh, the dead child, uh, or uh, the the child of a dead coworker. Correct? Like, yeah. Yeah. He's a uh, what does he call him? A bastard from a uh, something. Yeah, I I had a uh, f- yeah. It was the guy that like fell and broke his legs or something, right, or whatever. He earlier says, in the oh, movie, he found him in a basket. He said you're a little uh, a bastard in a basket. Bastard from a basket. Just a bastard from a basket. And That's as H.W. <laughs> walks away, he's like, bastard from a basket. And H.W. is like, I haven't been able to hear any of these. <laughs> Yelling louder doesn't help. Do you know anything? If there's two things you should know about me, it's that I can't hear and that you abandoned me this one time. <laughs> That was a, that's a rough scene, man. You are listening to the brunch intermission report on brought brunch. to you by There Will Be Blood. Oilers up three nothing on the the Flames heading into period two. This of is game also four. the bottom of the sixth uh, report because the Cel- the Red Sox are up sixteen to three. Red Sox with a commanding sixteen three lead on the it's White the most Sox. Dangerous lead in baseball. Two thousand five ALDS. This is not because the oh. Red Sox are uh, really cooking. I uh, that's right. There's another bootleg coming that I don't know if it'll be printed because I accidentally put a few logos on there, but I'm not selling it. I'm just dressing myself. Yeah, but uh, it, there, there has there, we have ran into hangups even just like not selling things yeah. like the uh, the Oscar shirts that we tried to produce one year. Yeah, uh, with with all of like it was basically like, that was around it, Oscars time. There was too much heat on them. That's right. That's true. There the 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 Oscars police was out and about. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think that you're gonna get that ALDS shirt. All right, so we'll see. I realize I don't really have any Red Sox shirts other than a couple of old jerseys. And t-shirts from back in the day. I'm going to the Red Sox game Friday and Saturday, and I've already decided that I'm wearing my uh, my Boston Celtics Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt to Love the that. Sox game on Friday. Love that. Uh, I made a couple of like psychotic mock-ups of Red Sox bootleg stuff. One is, you know how they make those, like, uh, they'll make, like, t-shirts for series. It'll be like, like, I remember I had a hat when I was a kid. It was like, 
Red Sox, Cleveland Indians, like they're playing each other in the playoffs. And this hat will be good for four days. Yeah, and someone was like, "Okay, yes, like I will buy." Well, you this. went to the yeah, you went to the uh, the L.A. Chargers team store like uh, like yeah. uh, earlier this year, and they had like a Thursday night football. Yeah, shirt. they were like, "You remember that crazy game against the Steelers?" I was like, "Do I?" They were like, "You want a T-shirt about it?" <laughs> uh, but they they usually make those series shirts and like World Series shirts and all that stuff for series before they happen. And I'm going to start making shirts for completed series that your team lost. So I made a shirt. It says a commemorative uh, shirt yeah. for like a horrible time in your life. It just has like the Red Sox logo. It has the 2005 ALDS logo, Red Sox logo, White Sox logo. And then just like in kind of small writing in the middle, it just says CWS wins three nothing. They swept them. You got to make a Florida Panthers. Uh, you got to make like a battle of Florida, Florida yes. Panthers shirt. Yes, right. Because it, 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 it doesn't look like a White Sox shirt. It's dominated by Red Sox stuff. You should do like a Florida Panthers battle, uh, battle of Florida shirt, and it's like uh, Panthers win Corsi battle, and then just have like the Corsi numbers underneath, and then like Tampa sweeps for nothing. Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> advance. Yeah, I tried to back when we went to one of the festivals. I wanted. I looked for like a '90s Florida Panthers T-shirt, like a gray. I feel like a lot of old school shirts were just on that like Heather Gray mm-hmm. thing. Nowadays, nobody's ever like, give me a graphic shirt that's Heather Gray. But I just felt it looked cool. I ordered one. I got this. It had the Florida Panthers logo, the big cat Jumping and everything. cat. Its collar was messed up. Its collar was gross. Oh, really? Yeah. Couldn't got do it. Got a little it. bacon neck? It was like... A very oh a high collar. It was like a weird thing. like a high like choke collar. I've it gotten was, a few shirts that are like that, and it's it, horrible. But it clearly wasn't going for like a mock turtleneck thing. Yeah, I just didn't no, know what was going it was on. just like a very uh, high and tight collar. Yeah, so I've, I've had, had a few shirts that are like that, and for like a short guy like me who who uh, when I'm in shape, I have very little neck. Yeah. So like if I have if I get one of those shirts, I look like a fucking it's moron. Yeah, it's basically you, like up to my earlobes. You look like Janos or something. Like that. <laughs> yes. All right, game's back on. We'll catch you back for the second intermission report. Okay, a lot of good information there. We broke down all the pop culture. We're back at the second intermission where the Calgary Flames have cut into the Edmonton Oilers' lead. It's a 3-2 game as the Flames trying to push this thing back to Rogers' place with the series not at two. Uh, we're at Rogers' place right now. Rogers' place is... Ed- Edmonton. What's... Is Calgary Rexall? I believe so, yes. Let's look this up. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just trying to make sure that our intermission report is factually accurate. As Scotiabank saddled Scotiabank, on. Rogers Place yeah. is Edmonton, you're yeah. right. Um, They're both in Alberta, famously. That's true. That's why they do call it Yeah, they still, hockey. Did, did they still call Scotiabank the Saddle Dome? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, you said the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Oh, okay, I'll, all I remember from that... Three seconds ago of my life was saying Scotiabank. Let's see. It is the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, I believe. Uh, the Calgary Flames have got some life in them, my guy. Uh, I'm very excited that we are having a competitive game here. It looked like it might be a blowout, but it is not anymore. Oilers having some difficulty staying out of the box. They'll begin the third period shorthanded as their steady, high-paid defenseman, Darnell Nurse, will be sitting in the box thinking about what he did. He did a he did a slash. He did a slash. Can't do it. Can't famously do it. against the rules. Yeah, they. Uh, it's like when Mary brought the lamb to school. You know that verse. 
Yeah, Mary had a little. Mary lamb, had a little lamb, and she brought it to school. And the actually, don't said, I think she? I think it me. followed her to school one day. Actually, I think mm-hmm. it, it followed her to school one day. She didn't say no. She was complicit, perhaps. And I, the principal said, "No, no, no." I bet that I bet Mary had a lot of uh, Linda Cardellini going on there. She's <laughs> like looking at the lamb, like just a very concerned face. It's against the rules. And they're like, uh, Mary, who you taught a lamb? <laughs> All right. You know, this is against the rules. Uh, Kellen tweeted this. Some, he tweeted something about this, and it made a point. So it must be unhinged. But the first part of it is all I care about. He said, since hockey jerseys are back in, blah, blah, blah. Uh, are hockey jerseys back in? I, I think fucking hope are. so. Yeah. I think that they're, they're, uh, they're becoming a little, a little bit more hip. Uh, I also think that hockey jerseys are just becoming uh, better. There are a lot Maybe. of hockey teams that are just reverting back to older styles, mm-hmm. and that rules because it's not a nostalgia thing. I think just hockey jerseys were better. Like when 20 I was years younger, ago. hockey jerseys, when I say younger, like college, I guess, a hockey jersey was legitimate, like legitimately like a shirt option for me. Really? Oh, yeah. I wore hockey jerseys all the time. Okay. Yeah. I'd like go to class in a hockey jersey and not like, uh, not in like a necessarily cool way, more like a, if like Norm MacDonald played somebody on a sitcom, he would probably wear hockey jerseys kind of way. I would do that. But now, yeah, I mean, tell you what, I wore a, uh, I wore the Gretzky jersey to a bar maybe a month ago. A lot of compliments. That thing was looking clean. I feel like I, I just, I'm always swimming in a jersey, even if it's a small, like even if it's the right size, I'm kind of just like, it's too flowy. So you, now that I know, so if I do order you a jersey in the future, I now know what your actual number size is. So I don't have 42. to go the fanat- fanatics route. You are a 42, which uh, for hockey jerseys is an extra small. Mm-hmm. I have a medium, which is a 50 of an Islanders jersey. Everyone knows that one jersey. It's so great. It's the one where... It's the Brooklyn one. Where they were like, we're Brooklyn, matchy-matchy with the Nets, and people freaked out about that jersey. Well, it's a bad just jersey. Put it that way. <laughs> it's they a just, bad they jersey. They freaked out. Won't say which way they freaked out. I got it in the Hamptons. There was like a gift store. They had authentic Islanders jerseys for like $4, and I was like, I can't pass up this opportunity. Anyway, I have a medium that's a 50 and that thing is way too big. So I just ordered, I'm not much of a small guy, but I just ordered the, uh, there's an there's an Oilers jersey about which people freak as well. What with that one? The Navy. <laughs> the Navy and the orange. The Navy and orange one that, I mean, you, you keep saying that like, I mean, I know that you ordered it because you think that it's stupid and it's bad. I kind of like, no. So I, many I think people that, like that jersey. I know, like I, I fall into the category of like, Yes or no? Do you like it? My answer is yes. I really? like that jersey. Yes. I, I think that jersey stinks. I think that I also don't know how it. Uh, I don't. I don't know how it plays. You know. I don't like know. socially. Like if I toss that on, like I'll go back to the Gretzky jersey. You toss on the a Rangers jersey with jeans and some red sneaks. It legitimately looks like an outfit. Yeah, it slaps. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that's going to be like with that. I also. I've never worn the 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 Islanders jersey out because that's not an outfit jersey. <laughs> I must point out that uh, you had the option to get a Connor McDavid one of those jerseys and you were like, eh, no. And you got a blank one. 
Yeah, I think that the blend. I think that the the McDavid one would have been more of like a a conversation starter had you worn it out to like a bar or whatever. Yeah, but like McDavid is the best. I don't have a Larry Bird jersey. I don't it's have a, a LeBron and jersey. Generic, like choice. Yeah, and I solidarity with you. You don't have a name on your Flames jersey yet. True. I didn't want to. I, I do. Do you want to tell the people who I did want if I were to go the customization route? Duncan Keith. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. That way you're not cluttering it with a C or an A in the front. Definitely don't have to worry about that. And it's Duncan Keith. He had a good career. Not in Edmonton, famously. <laughs> Imagine if my most recent hockey jersey purchases were Wayne Gretzky Rangers, <laughs> Duncan, Duncan Keith Oilers. <laughs> Now I'm mad. Maybe one day we'll both get ours customized, and you can get... Uh, I hope you get Lucic. I want to get Lucic, yeah. yeah. I, even when I see Lucic out there, I'm, like, I'm that's rooting such a good him, looking... I'm rooting for him so hard. Big time. Big time. I've picked him in every... Uh, what's it called? Like, Bucci Overtime Challenge? Yeah, I, I love Bucci. I don't... I, I, I don't and won't participate in the yeah. Bucci Overtime. If there's a charity aspect of it... Let me know the charity. I'll like Venmo twenty bucks or something. I've I've always felt weird about like co opting something that is like universal that mm-hmm. everybody does. Although uh, it dawned on me the other day, just get it to blank points in a basketball game is like the basketball version of the Bucci overtime challenge, and that is. That's a fun th- game. That is such a fun game. No matter how bad your team is doing, you have like it's a game within the game. Well, I like I compared the fandom of being a basketball fan and uh, being a hockey fan over the weekend. Um, to which somebody called me a racist. Which I was going to say hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you um, like hockey. You're not allowed to say so that, that uh, basketball is a different sport than hockey. Yeah. Uh, all I had said was that, like, because I'm getting into the Celtics now uh, during their run, and like being a being a basketball fan is so much harder than being a uh, a hockey fan because, like, in in a hockey game, your team makes like two or three mistakes and you're fucked. Like you're getting your ass kicked. Yeah. In a basketball game, your team can make. 1,000 mistakes, and it's just like death by a million cuts, mm-hmm. and that is so hard to tolerate as a fan, uh, and so like a lot of people are like, oh, please like my sport, and it's not that at all, because I was like, yo, credit to basketball fans for like enduring this, because oh, yeah. this is hard as hell to like to to kind of like, you have to be really patient. Exactly, and it's so, what I have a tough time with is like, understanding that i'm going to use a basketball cliche basketball guy that i am it is truly a game of runs yes so like your team will be getting smoked for like three minutes straight and you're like how are they just taking it and why do they seem so cool with it it's because they know like at some point we're going to score eight points in a row yeah and we'll see how it all ends up in the wash uh one of the van gundys actually gave a passionate plea to stop saying that like teams blow, blow leads in big games or whatever. And oh, yeah, I actually I thought it was, that. I, th- I remember that. Yeah. I don't completely agree with it, but like depends when it happens. Right. But like, I know kind of where he's coming from there. We're like, you blow a 15 point lead in like the third quarter and it's not blowing a 15 point lead. It's just, you found a run in right. the third quarter. If you blow like a 15 point lead with like four minutes left in the fourth quarter, you blew a 15 point lead. Exactly. There are points in the game where, Runtime 
rumpus time is over. <laughs> rumpus time is over. Rumpus time is when uh, teams go on runs. And the screen lights up to, like you got a star in Mario. And it's like rumpus time. We have to brand that and like during a Celtics game. Just like officially declare rumpus time is over. <laughs> I did that uh, during that, that uh, two years ago. The Cam Newton year. Uh that was like my only thing with the Patriots. Like really? rumpus like I just kept trying to declare rumpus time over. And uh there were like memes of like when like like I'd be, I'd be like, all right, they're up by three, like rumpus time is over. And like someone five minutes later would like tweet at me like rumpus time and it's the uh the wrestler getting up. Oh, it's Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, that's so good. But this is different enough that uh, we can... Because I would just use Rumpus Time for like, yo, Patriots, stop being the worst team in the world. No, I like it now being like, okay, we can officially declare this. Like, Rumpus Time is over. If yeah, you, if you lose, can't be you blew it. Yeah. yeah, there can't be shenanigans the rest of the way. You gotta be... Man, I was at... Uh, I've I've been at the most the two most recent horrible Celtics games. <laughs> I was at Game Five against the Bucks, awful. After which I immediately Venmoed uh, my friend Rich, who has tickets. I immediately Venmoed him for Eastern Conference Finals tickets. <laughs> They'd fallen down three two with a a pathetic loss, and I was like, "We're going." And I'm going because the Celtics are going. This is not how this ends. Uh, and then I was also at. The it's good vibes game, protocol. Yeah. Game three against the Heat, where the first quarter, Rich was at a wedding, so I I watched the first quarter solo, and that was the worst a team has like gotten their penis kicked in a sporting event in one quarter. It was horrible. Rich got there. I had a Jay Balvin waiting for him, and he was like, should I ask you to explain what happened? And I was like, Watch the next Celtics possession. They're probably going to turn it over with a pass that you see coming 10 miles away. It's going to be awful. But this has been a really fun Celtics run. And they're going to get to the Eastern Conference. They're, they're going to get to the NBA Finals, probably. And they're probably going to lose to the Warriors. And honestly, I was thinking about today, like, I kind of am just happy to be there. For where the Celtics were as a franchise a year ago, yeah, and even like enough. five months ago, they're still trending upwards too, so like it's it's not like like this year or bust. Exactly. I thought after the trade deadline, I was like, well, they're playing well. Realistically, I would like JJ Redick to go back like six years and still be in the league and just like add that guy, and then they're actually probably going to have something. And Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard were like, no, we're just going to become really good NBA players, and this is going to be fine. Celtics are sitting Robert Williams. Who's like I think he's a better player than Marcus Smart. They're sitting him. He's their third best player for games at a time and still winning. I absolutely love it. This has been. This is. Uh, you're listening to the brunch intermission report. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oilers up three two on the Flames. We actually do have a ton to talk about. We still we have to, uh, make one last quick point on the comedy thing. It's a real bummer that all of comedy now, or so much of it, is either made for people who think who like hate everything or complaining about people who hate everything. Like if you don't like cancel culture, Ricky Gervais do like one minute on how you don't like cancel culture and then just ignore cancel culture. If you don't like it, make some jokes about, I don't know, trees or 
carpets. These are the two most recent things I can see. But that's like a Ricky, Ricky Gervais's like whole thing is like, I'm grumpy and I hate this. Yeah. But he, I mean, he came out his, the first couple minutes of his special, I didn't last for the whole thing. Maybe I'll check it out later where he came out and, uh, he made a sexist joke and then explained, uh, he made a sexist joke where he was like, uh, he was like, there's a lot, uh, he was like, people say like, they're funny comedians and funny women comedians. And I agree. And then he was just like kind of at a loss for words, couldn't name one. Mm-hmm. And he was like, now that was a joke. He was like, I don't actually think there aren't funny comedians. This is like how satire works, blah, blah. He was like, in reality, obviously there are a lot of funny women comedians like, and then he did it again. <laughs> and I was like, all right, like pretty funny, like very, very dumbed down. Yeah. But then he just ended up like, spending eight more minutes on like everyone's always mad about something and i'm like oh, okay ricky do uh, i i liked you on the office <laughs> the original one go back to that he actually uh i looked up how much ricky gervais is worth a lot less than i would think like 27 million 140 million okay i was way off i think that he'd be like maybe pushing a b what no i mean, i just don't understand that then but like I don't know. Is you that $140 million or 140 million pounds? Is pounds still happening? I think so. I think they're on the euro, no? Uh, I don't know. He might weigh 140 pounds. <laughs> Not 140 million, though. Yeah. That's, that's bad true. shaming. Let's look it up. He weighs 140 million pounds. Uh, Saul, Harry Styles, uh, talkie jerseys. Oilers. Wow, we flames. really cover the base. There will there. be blood. Yeah. Uh, the Harry Styles album. I'll let you talk about the Harry Styles album because the last time I talked about it with people, I was told Taylor Swift caught a stray too early. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, no, I, the Harry Styles album uh, is is really, really good. It's awesome. Uh, essentially front to back. And I, I was like hesitant to put a take out there based based on it because like, I don't know. I think like with guys like Harry Styles or like Taylor Swift, there's just like a, a a massive rush to be like this thing is fucking awesome immediately. Yeah, and I, uh, I tried, but then I got three songs into it, and I was like, uh, this this album fucking rules. Yeah, so it's awesome. Yeah, the, the the first song, the sushi restaurant one, I was like, wow, this is some sophisticated ass pop. Yes, uh, interesting. Second one, I was like this song is better than the previous song. What is going on here? And then you got to grape juice and you're like, fuck, this is an awesome pop song about just drinking wine. I declared it a top 40 rescue mission. That's like, Hey, like Peter Gabriel shit can be on, can be in the ears of the people to whom you just referred. Like the, let's call them like 30 year old teeny boppers, you know, like the people who Stan Taylor and Stan Harry Styles and everything. And, that's great. As long as it's healthy, do it. But I was saying, um, I, I was uh, before the Celtics game, I was with our friend Megan Kelly and her cousin, who I was meeting for the first time. We were talking about that album. No, oh boy. And I was I like, I already see how this was going. I was like, what stuns me though is I was like, people who will like hear folklore and ascribe any sort of like genius to it, then hears. What's the name of this album? Harry's House. Harry's House. And are like, wow, 
this is incredible. This is blowing my mind. No, I mean, like, I, I, I and get you can that. Like like, thi- you can like two different things, but I, like, do I would you never understand? say that like folklore is like a fucking like reinventing the wheel or like some like very creative or like uh, innovative album. So it's that's not. What I'm saying. It's yeah. just a very pleasant, very enjoyable album that I really like. Yeah, that's. But the- Harry's house is very sophisticated and and I don't know. I, Innovative. I don't know. I don't know if I would like label it as that, but it's like sophisticated and it's uh, it's busier, of course, than than folklore. Definitely. Um, it's. I would say it's more original than like a Bruno Mars thing, but just yeah, like as from, yeah. from like a. Uh, this is such a douchey word. Like from a like sophistication standpoint, you'll. Well, it's a douchey word that I just already used like three times in the past two minutes. So when you're talking about the flames. Yes, it's a very sophisticated, sophisticated, game. sophisticated system. We we're actually talking about how like the Oilers really get you to just <laughs> the Oilers like, are like that crazy friend that you have in your friend group. That's like, let's do some stupid shit tonight and get crazy. Yeah. And you're like, ah, yeah, how'd sure. Like, in, I'll have one. And then yeah. you're just like naked in a ditch. How do I end up in Montana? <laughs> yeah. I love that about the Oilers. But yeah, Harry's House is really good. I'm glad a lot of people like it. Cinema it's, is a fucking amazing song. I don't know the names to, uh, I think, any song. It's my favorite one. Other than... Cinema, Grape Juice, and uh, I think like Daydreaming are my top three. It is funny. The One of the least, quote-unquote, sophisticated songs on the album is The Way That It Was. Mm-hmm. And that's the as single. It, as It Was? As It Was, yeah. yeah. That's the... Like, it's very palatable. That's yeah. a very good track. Yeah. Um, but I'm just glad that there's been a lot of good music that's come out this year. I haven't been uh, privy to any, like, I keep saying top 40, but, like, that kind of stuff, that level of popularity stuff mm-hmm. that's that good. So I'm really happy because I have loved a lot of uh, top 40 albums recently. The... Uh, uh, the Dua Lipa one, Future Nostalgia. Yeah. That thing rocked. Yeah. So, yeah well, it's because she copied it from like a bunch of other people. That's true. That's a uh, shout out to the people who wrote the, who wrote Levitating. <laughs> um, Better Call Saul may, and I'm going to say will contain spoilers. So will, if yes. you don't want Saul talk, then, uh, then Saul good with me, but we've reached the Hank, finding out about walt portion of the series which is the final season the mid-season finale mid-season finale and this was an insane episode and had the sort of breaking bad type experience of holy shit what did i just watch and what i love about better call saul is it's independently great and it it's great in its own way it has the it has the slow burn thing, but taken up maybe 3,000 notches, and they strip away the appall- some of the appalling shit from Breaking Bad yeah. and more focus in the, like... Morality hey, aspect of it. Right. Like, how does Mike become Mike? How does Jimmy become Saul? Et cetera, et cetera. And now we have the question of, how does Jimmy not have Kim? How is Harold... Uh, Howard, not on Jimmy's ass. Yeah. How 
how, how does Lalo, Lalo exit on, the picture? Right, like yeah. how there's there has to be exit strategies for so many characters. And again, may contain spoilers. We just got a big one with with uh, Howard. And I'll be honest, I never thought about him as far as like we need to find out what happens. In no, him. because I thought Nacho, I, mean, could, I thought Kim, and I thought because uh, heading Lalo. into this season, Howard was like he was very on the peripherals, mm-hmm. um, and it would have been easy to. It would have been easy to to kind of like slowly push Howard away to a point where like you don't even think about him or he's just like a figure from Jimmy's past. Right. But uh as we've well, seen as we've seen throughout the course of this season, um he has re-entered the picture quite a bit and it's gotten a, a quite messy uh with his relationship with Jimmy slash Saul. And oh man. Did that guy have a very, very rough end? Oh, yeah. And there is the gratification of we finally see what... I forgot that, like, they were up to something. That, like, Mm -hmm. Kim and Saul and Jimmy were working on something with Howard. The entire season. I just thought... We just thought, like, I don't know... I just assumed that I had missed the, the, the plan or whatever, and I was just, like, waiting to see what it would be. I just thought they were fucking with him in chunks. They were just like, hey, today, let's go do this to him. Today, let's go do this to him. No, and they hatched a this was fucking the diabolical plan. Like an, a sociopathic, diabolical, like, point of no return plan. Yeah, and at the end, Howard Howard's final words are confronting Kim about it. And he's really like the... Uh, I always use this term, and then I'm I'm unsure if I'm saying it right. The Greek chorus or Greek choir or whatever, where he goes to see Jimmy and Kim, and he's like, Kim, how are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Why are you a bad guy? Yeah, like, he, he's like... He, He's like essentially like kind of he's kind of like acting like a moral compass or yeah. like a moral arbitrator. And reminding us that like, like Kim's yo, Kim a bad could do, person. Yeah, and like Kim, you could do whatever you wanted and like you were well on the path to making a difference in a positive way <laughs> and you have chosen you have chosen a life of just being a not like a bad person, but like somebody who is like I mean like just bad to other people. Right, so like like morally bad, as Skinny Pete would say. Like morally I'm not bankrupt. sure, not sure how I feel about Kim, like morality wise. Yes, um, and that that's something that I think because we always know we're like we root Kim for has Kim her shit because, together. Yeah, we stand her. She's yeah. great. Uh, they're they're a fun kind of weird couple. I mean, yeah, she's like a ride or die, but she's a ride or die for like a pretty bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so then, of course, Lalo shows back up at the apartment, and... The way that they did that, too, was just, like, only only Vince Gilligan, like, yeah. Breaking Bad, uh, Better Call Saul, finds ways to, like, make those moments magical. Uh, the, the, the flame flickering... Oh, yeah. ...was such a... Such an incredible way to handle that entry from Lalo. Yeah, and... I learned this, uh, and I meant to see, I know it wasn't Vince Gilligan or Peter Gould, uh, or Gould, who directed the episode last night. I was talking to somebody today about it, and I noted that 
it's I, I found it unusual or unexpected that Vince Gilligan hasn't really like directed any of the shit the last few seasons. And he was saying that uh, Peter Gold, who came up with Saul, has kind of transitioned into kind of being like the other main show runner or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just so fascinated that like this vision has been executed so well without like, if I were to watch this, I would have thought like Vince Gilligan did everything like by hand, himself hand because it had is all like, over it. Yeah, it's yeah. the most Vince Gilligan thing I've ever seen. Yes. This show. Yeah. Um, but it's very, it, I mean, it's been very clear for a long time that there was just like, a very specific vision for the show. Yeah. And they stuck to it the entire way. Yeah. And it's, it's style. It's tone is incredible. Uh, I had it pointed out to me that the, the symbolism of the can, Howard mm-hmm. twisting the can and then Lala walking in. And I didn't know this, uh, putting a can on his gun. Yeah. Call a silencer, a can. Yeah. In the, I in the industry didn't know that, uh, stupid fucking country in which we live uh i i know little about guns and Mm -hmm. if only we could uh i'll i'll keep it that way uh but man that you would think that we'd already seen the most insane lalo in the apartment scene yeah right yeah and i mean the past two seasons or uh was that last season yeah Um, past two seasons have had very incredible Lalo in Jimmy and Kim's apartment scenes. Yeah, so is this now like the exit point for Kim? I was wondering that. It, it's probably it's got to be. It's got to be like the uh the precursor to whatever happens. We knew to like Kim. something had to like happen. I, I think th- I think number 1 the comment from from uh from Howard it seemed like a real sobering moment for her. Uh, and then like, obviously whatever, what happened uh, immediately after that is just going to be like, I think that's like not, that's a real point of no return. So my first thought was Kim ends up needing a part for a Hoover and that's what ends up happening with her. She does, she disappears, but, and then I also thought maybe, Hey, Lalo hasn't left the apartment. He's sure he brought more than one bullet for that thing i don't think kim disappears or dies because even for the shady lawyers standards having a dead or missing wife i feel like doesn't play i feel like everyone would be like you we would hear at some point during breaking bad hey did you hear that guy killed his wife Mm -hmm. like the way they are with um cliff booth you know? Right, yeah, yeah. It's like that's just like, hey, be careful around this guy. Right, right. And so I don't I think that this might be like the awakening for Kim where she's like, Well, might have chunked the Howard thing. <laughs> don't want to do any more of this goodbye, but fucking Lalo, man. Would it be disappointing for you if like there was no like hard end for Kim? Yeah, if she would just, like, see her around, I'd be like, so, like, they hook up sometimes, and, like, we just don't see Saul's personal life much in the show, yeah. I guess. I don't know. But yet he's sexually harassing his uh, assistant. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know like what I don't know what the uh what like the desired outcome would be for me uh, on that. I I really don't. Yeah. I kind of just trust. I'm just like trusting the process here that I'm going to like whatever they do with Kim. You know what's another thing that dawned on me today in my Better Call Saul conversation? We were talking about Werner and uh and how we we were saying like how oh we were saying how does Lalo get it how does he die and mm-hmm. like somebody my friend was like maybe they like bury him in the uh, in like the lab would be like a fitting way to kind of spike the football there and I was and then we got to talking about Werner and Lab and everything and I realized like this show does such a good job of retroactively div- like we didn't need. Actually, I guess we did if it's going to be a prequel. But, like, we already know what Mike is. And we know, like, like in Breaking Bad, and we know from the second, third episode of Better Call Saul that he went out there because they killed his boy and he killed a couple of cops and everything. So, like, that could be enough development. But the way they've, like, continued to develop him, it didn't dawn on me until today. Do you know that Werner was the first person he killed on that show? Mike? Yeah. Really? Wow. Wow. So, so like, that's a huge deal. Like, I I don't know if he's killed... Oh, yeah, yeah, he killed people in the desert. But, like, he wasn't... He truly wasn't always that dude. And, like, him killing those cops was, like, obviously a very special circumstance in that Mm -hmm. he was avenging his kid's death. But... I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. He wasn't, he wasn't just like a hitman, like just right. wildly running about, running and gunning. Right. And if you remember, when he kills Werner, he like asks. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was like friendly with him. And he was like, I'm, I like want to make this as, as easy as possible. Yeah. yeah right. He says to what's his face? Because uh, he tries to obviously talk Gus out of it. And then when Gus is like, this isn't a discussion, he's like, okay, let me do it then. Mm-hmm. Like, because he. Yeah, man. Obviously, Mike probably not getting into heaven either. <laughs> but um, I was just I was like thinking, um, like, what if Kim ended up killing herself? Uh, but I I don't think that they're gonna have two of the, two of like the big question marks end up killing themselves. We've already seen one. Chuck? No. Or Nacho? Nacho? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Nacho. Nacho got a grand death. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I think that I would be disappointed if Kim did not get a, um, like a, not like a painful death, but like a, um, like a, a painful for the viewer death. Right. Just like a big exit. Just like a very, a real, a real tragedy. Like, I think that you need to put a bow on the tragedy that is Kim Wexler. I agree with that. Uh, we never, I don't think we got a chance to talk about, uh, because we hadn't gone to spoiler mode yet. Uh, what, an absolute loser Hector looked like after Nacho died. Oh yeah. When he just, just like, they brought him over to him and he just dumping like, cl- a clip into sh- his body. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very, uh, real tough guy move. Hector sucks, man. Hector does. He suck. sucks. Yeah. Like he's not a bad character, but like, I, I like no, saying just, that he's he just sucks. like a small dick, small dicked boss. Yeah. I'm, I'm rewatching breaking bad right now, which couldn't be more stupid. I'm like behind <laughs> on stuff. Haven't watched. I thought, much you meant, I thought you meant Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad in Breaking retrospect, very stupid show. <laughs> I actually was telling you like the language in season one. Uh, 
would be a lot different if season one were made today. Like everybody loves Jesse Pinkman. Go back and watch season one. I think you. Yeah, but that's like his character. He's a problematic a guy. Yeah. Uh, it's also maybe a product of like, hey, we're going to kill this guy. So it doesn't matter what he says. Exactly. So just let her rip. Like, <laughs> we need like the biggest turd. <laughs> but he, I forgot he also strands Badger in the desert. I don't remember. And they just like continue their friendship. Oh, cool. Yeah, when Walt quits, he uh, teams up with Badger. And Badger, man, Badger, he's not good for business. You don't get anything done with that fucking idiot. He's like, ooh, we've got a tie game in Calgary, folks. All right, that'll do it for the second intermission report. All right.